So normally going to a gig back in the olden times, I would not be anticipating it or preparing for it sitting at my desk watching an Instagram live with the sound check. But that is what is happening right now. It's gig day. It is um, the first big live show uh, with an audience in a long time and an awful lot of people wanted uh, tickets to this gig but we're going to go along and tell you what it's like to do something that of course is so normal but feels so alien and felt so out of reach for so long it is James Vince McMorrow and Cirque Richardson in the Ivy Gardens it's being put on by the National Concert Hall um, it's obviously a, a live pilot project which the department is supporting so that they can see how these kind of socially distanced audiences um, audience shows can can work out and potentially happen in, in much bigger numbers um, throughout the summer and autumn and stuff like that so it's happening and uh, it's so weird <laughs> it's so weird that something so uh, something that we're so used to um, feels that felt so unattainable for so long is actually coming to pass albeit with you know um, various restrictions and distancing and all that so that was the end of the sound check um, just after half one on Thursday but earlier um, this morning I spoke to the uh, chief executive of the National Concert Hall um, Robert Reed. he was appointed earlier this year and obviously it's a massive privilege and, and a massive logistical challenge to be the institution or organisation that hosts this landmark gig. Um, so, yeah, let's listen to what he says about what's going on from, from their end, from, from the kind of the organisational end. This is a, uh, a big gig for your first few months, I guess. It is. It's it's absolutely amazing. Um, it's incredibly exciting and a great privilege to be presenting Ireland's first live music concert in fifteen months. Um, how were you guys approached? Were you did you think that you were going to be in the mix for a trial like this? Well, we we had asked um, the department, the the, the ministry, um, that we would love to be considered um, to to host a, a pilot event. Um, and so we we kept a good dialogue um, with the department um, whilst we were kind of formulating plans, um, and then we got an invitation um, to take part in this um, this um, program of pilot events, which we were very very warmly welcomed. What has been the most novel aspect, um, you know, logistically in overseeing this? Like obviously, there's For things sure. we know around like pods and staggered mm. entry and all that kind of stuff but is there anything in particular that you've been like well, okay I've never had to think about this before <laughs> uh, production yeah, well, of a show yeah I know I think it is around um, the the pods so you know we've only got so much space in the ivy gardens to to use we've had to um to manage and and arrange the pods in such a way that we can have groups of twos and groups of fours so the alignment and coordination of the pods has really has really depended on the the way that people have bought tickets either if they're for groups of two groups of four and so on um so so that's been uh, a, a logistical 
challenge for us that we don't normally have to to deal with um and we you know i and i think we've done our best to optimize the amount of people in uh, to, to the amount of pods um so that's that's been a tricky one um, but also just to make sure that um you know I, I think the difficulty is again about you know the experience that people have on the sites and being able to you know access toilets access facilities to come and go uh without too much restriction um but we you know we've we've got to first and foremost make sure that everybody is you know is 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 in the area that, uh, that uh, and is consistent with good health and safety uh, policies and regulations. So that kind of audience management um, is very much different to the one that we would normally have. Um, so, so I think that will be a challenge for us on the day, but I think audiences will absolutely understand that. And I think that people will be aware of the regulations and the parameters in place uh, and will be wanting to make sure that this pilot is a is a success, and it will really will depend on uh, everyone being very very mindful um, and compliant to those those rules and regulations. What's the follow up um, or follow on from a pilot like this? Like, how do you define success in the in its aftermath? Well, we're going to be looking at all the outcomes of the arrangements and the plans that we've made and how well they've worked. We'll be feeding that back. Uh, to our department, and we'll be looking at, at what lessons that we've learned from this. Um, and I hope that that will all feed into a, 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 a rapid development of a plan, a roadmap that will enable more live music and theatre venues to be able to open uh, to, to welcome back audiences in the very, very near future. So, so it really will be sort of capturing all those lessons and feeding into um, that plan. Mm. Um, and I, you know, everybody working in, in live events will really be kind of uh, looking out for that for sure to see how yeah. they can do things and how things can actually um, get, how we can get, you know, theatre fans, music fans and everything back in venues and back in, in outdoor spaces. But mm. before you go, one of the things that, um, I've been hearing an awful lot from people who work in live events is this question around insurance and that, you know, it is something of a stumbling block um, when when it comes to to putting on, um, you know, a festival in particular. Yeah. What 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 are you hearing around that at the moment or what have your kind of conversations with your peers um, in the industry been like around that? Or is well, it still I, a bit muddy? I, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I know it's been a very, very big challenge in the UK, and I've got friends and colleagues in the festival business um, that have uh, been found it extremely frustrating and disappointing that, you know, from a, a health and COVID security basis, they are able to proceed with their festivals, but the insurance um, um, parameters just seem insurmountable at the moment. So I know that's been very, very difficult. Uh, you know, I don't know how um, that might affect the Irish festival industry. I don't know how different that is to the to the um, the, the issues in the UK market. Um, I know that for us, it's been it's been relatively straightforward in terms of using Ivy Gardens and the insur additional insurances we've had to take out, particularly around public liability insurance. Um, but I know that, um, yeah, it certainly is a very, very big issue and an obstacle um, for the successful reopening of the festival industry in the UK. 
And uh, finally, apart from this show, this kind of historic uh, show, really, <laughs> I think it'll be quite emotional. Yeah. Um, how do you feel that the concert hall will be functioning, let's say, in autumn, winter? What do you envisage? Well, I think that um, hybrid performances are going to be with us for quite some time. Um, I mean, my, I, I, my, my greatest hope is that as we get towards the, audience, uh, the, the, the autumn, we'll be able to welcome back audiences in smaller capacities. Uh, and as the weeks and the months progress, that we will be carefully incrementally growing those audiences in a very, very measured and safe way. Um, so that, I don't know, perhaps by... Um, early new year will be back to full capacity that's my that's my greatest hope uh, and then we've got to put a program in place um, which is appropriate and economically viable uh, so that it can work with those smaller capacity audiences but we will continue um, to be doing simultaneous live streams so that audiences that that can't get tickets uh, will also be able to enjoy these performances as we move through into the autumn and to the winter great Robert Reed, uh, the new, um, well, not that new, from since January, <laughs> uh, Chief Executive of the National Concert Hall. Thanks so much for taking the time out and uh, congratulations on um, a landmark gig for uh, the institution and for the country. Thank you so much, Una. Thank you very much for inviting me along this morning. I'm kind of reminded of that thing that um, Laura Kennedy said on our, our new new existentialism podcast this week about how like your body knows exactly what to do, but your mind is in a completely different place. And um, that's what it feels like. There's like a muscle memory of, you know, <laughs> going to the media check in as, as, as late as possible um, so that you don't have to hang around and, and seeing people that you know. Um, yet in my mind, it's like haven't been able to do this nobody has been able to do this and all of these people I'm bumping into I haven't seen in so long and yet here we are in um, June of 2021 walking into a concert so it's happening it's it's actually happening um, that's kind of wild So I've come across some rapscallions um, outside the Ivy Gardens. Um, please tell me your names. Hi, my name is Louise McSharry. Sean Ramsey. Dino Murray. Emer McLeisett. Um, and aren't you all very lucky and thrilled to be here? It's so weird to see like security checking bags. Um, McSharry, how are you? Fe- how are you feeling? Like it's a, it's. I actually feel kind of anxious. I have had a few drinks, so I'm not as anxious as I was earlier. But earlier, I was really anxious. I couldn't, like, all I couldn't do anything else all day. Basically, I was just like wired. I couldn't, like, no task could come before the preparation for the gig because it was all I could think about. It's it's kind of overwhelming. I mean, for those of us who go to gigs all the time, you know, who'd be at four or five gigs a month, not having them for eighteen months is a big deal. And to be entering into hopefully the new post-covid world is huge sean how are you feeling um it's like it's it's kind of a bit of a neither here nor there gig it is very obviously a gig but it's also like not the full experience in a way does it take away from it or are you like turbo excited i'm down turbo excited like i think it maybe it'll be different when we're in there but 
you know, you maybe see, feel the difference a little bit more when you're in there. But I think it's just exciting. It's exciting to see music, to see people congregating, to be in sunshine. Like, you know, can't give out. I, I just am delighted. Do you know what was the last gig you were at before the pandemic hit? 29th of February, Mango and Mathman. Seems like about three years ago now, but like, just delighted to be going back to gigs. And mm. I mean, we were going for drinks earlier and just even going for drinks with your mates is amazing. And then <laughs> I forgot there was a gig and then we were walking up. It's like, why are we walking up here? <laughs> oh yeah, we're going to a gig. Unbelievable. <laughs> like, <laughs> And Emer, what is your vibe now um, as a as a ardent gig goer? Um, I like normally before I go out, I get kind of like butterfly stomachy. But this time I was just like, am I even going to be able to like talk to people? Because I'm so institutionalized, obviously. I don't know if, if this is a relatable feeling or whether I'm out of my own here. It is a relatable feeling. I definitely, coming out of lockdown, had a lot of anxiety about that and that kind of new, new normal that everybody was talking about. And I was like, oh, I don't really want to be near people. Like, I'm kind of worried about it. This feels like the perfect way to kind of slide or slink back into that. It's going to be very socially distant. There's not going to be many people here. Like maybe it will take away from the gig experience. I don't think it will because I think they'll probably make it so special that it will be unforgettable. And I feel very lucky that we're here. Actually, I think you've hit on something there that it is a kind of interesting transition into it instead of being like plunged into like, uh, you know, 50,000 people in a field or something. Yeah. Yeah. And like, honestly, I just feel so lucky to be here and I'm here because Gino persevered with the tickets and I'm as plus one like I didn't get any kind of special treatment or anything I'm just so grateful to be here and I think what's special about this is that there will be no one there no gig attendee today who didn't want to be here desperately and no musician on the stage who didn't want to be here desperately no one working on sound who didn't want to be here desperately and that's a very special thing to know that every single person in the venue is having a very special experience yeah. It does feel kind of historic, you know? I know that's a bit cheesy, but like, you know, I, I do kind of feel like I'm a little bit, little tiny little part of Irish history tonight. It's nice. Yeah. Amazing. Well, I'll let you go in and um, into your pod and enjoy the show, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Bye. You. See you after, maybe. Just, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I just texted my boyfriend to say I'm going to be on the pod because we're both Patreon subscribers. <laughs> we love it. Thank you, yeah. babes. Luna, I'll drop you a text after. Let me know where you're pointing or whatever. Okay, cool, cool, yeah. cool. See you we'll after. What a novel thing to be able to say. I, <laughs> I printed out me and Sean's tickets just because it was so exciting. <laughs> See you later. So here it is, walking into the first audience show in a long time. They've got the hand sanitizer thing set up. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, me- media, yeah. Okay, cool. If you want to just go around there to oh, the this guys. way. Yeah, they'll go in that way. Okay, thanks, okay, Mill. Cool, thank you. Hi, do you guys know where I'm going? Press? This way. Oh, this way. Okay, cool, thanks. Cheers. Okay, so, um, the usual separate entrance for media thing, which I completely forgot about. <laughs> That's how long it's been since I was walking in to the general admissions. Really interesting setup you've got. So it's a usual spot that they have this. Sorry, I'm gonna take off my mask. It's a usual spot that they have in Ivy Gardens for gigs. For anyone who's been here for gigs, it's kind of the, when you come in, you turn left and it's that kind of like flat pitch-like area. And stage is set up. I think I recognize the pyramids James has on stage from one of, was it the post-tropical tour? Uh, Play that in the concert also, maybe. 
uh, they're, they're from that there's loads of plants on stage and so right you have these like very nice actually spaced out spaces for people and their pals who are in their pods it's really pleasant looking um, obviously it's a beautiful evening so that helps and they're just all cordoned off and there's loads of space and it just seems really chill um, it's, it's actually really really nice <laughs> Um, a kind of mad um, getting kind of uh, weird adrenaline rush of being back in a field or a park with, with people about to watch some music Daddy, so into this fucking hell we haven't done this in a while I think we're going to have fun Nile or Nine, a familiar face in the media enclosure of uh, hard to get to gigs. How are you feeling? <laughs> yeah, I'm here. I'm in, I'm in the gig. I'm in the highly sought after gig. Who knew? Uh, yeah, pretty happy to be here. It's weird, but, you know, I think it's a necessary first step back. Mm. I think so, right? What do you think about the setup? So um, looking at the crowd at the moment, it's very spaced out. There's ropes. There are... Yeah, how would you describe it? Like, it's just very... It's very socially distant. It's very socially distant. Like, more than you'd think. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's like a lull in the park is what is happening at the moment. So, yeah. It's nice. It's nice to feel... See a stage back here and outdoors in the summer and a lovely day like today. So, yeah, it's lovely. I was thinking when I was coming in, it's like the really familiar thing of you know exactly what to do, but at the same time, it's obviously so weird because it's been a long yeah. while. Like, are you experiencing that separation? Totally. Yeah, I think, like, for me, I really needed to get back to something like this to just feel some element of normality. Um, it was so, it's so weird, like, the last gig I was at was September last year, and that was a socially distant gig. I haven't been to an outdoor gig in, I don't know, since... 2018 like you know 2019 so end of 2019 so it's an unusual situation this kind of makes you feel like you're back at some sort of element of normality and uh, yeah I'm just hoping everyone has a good time and like they will because like why could they not like you're here and uh, getting a ticket is the hardest part I'm sure like but look this is the first of, of many gigs back so it's really nice to be here really isn't it how has not being at live music impacted you, not just obviously because it's, it's, it's so much of your work, but even just your headspace? Like, Oh, totally. You know, I think you realise when you don't have that mental headspace or to... I love gigs and gigs and, and art and live art and all that kind of thing. They really benefit my mental health. And I think it just underscored how much they benefit my mental health. Not been able to do that, especially last year. I think there's an element where you got used to it this year because you had to find other things to combat the the brain fuzz that you had. So it's just been so unusual. It's just like this weird thing that was missing in my life that suddenly was announced and then you didn't have it anymore. So it's highly unusual. I think that was the main thing for me. It just underscored how much I really missed it, how much it actually mattered to me. You know, it really mattered to me to see people like performing and playing music in a live setting. It's so, it's so different than anything else. 
Yeah, I think the thing that I miss was I didn't, like yourself, I didn't realise how much of going out to gigs or clubs or whatever was actually inbuilt therapy, inbuilt release into my week. And then not having that, you don't have this kind of, this place where you can just like scream or let off steam. And I, I always thought that was just like an... an general pastime enjoyment thing I didn't realise how much I, I actually really needed it mentally yeah. and I mean that's it that is it because you didn't know what you, you don't have until it's gone and so okay Joni yeah <laughs> it really underscored that whole thing for me it's like oh god I really missed this because I actually it's a daily part of my it's like it's what happens during my week it's like it's like going to the gym it's like going for a run all the things that we've been told we could do uh, or weren't allowed to or you know, limited numbers. This is the thing that makes me feel okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not the same as like, oh, I want some culture. And like, it really, I hope that in as we go forward, the importance of events like this, the importance of culture like this, is really kept and understood, because this is hugely important for us. Like, it's hugely important for me personally, professionally, and every other way. Like, it just it's every part of me. You know, it's like your identity is part of this. And so you're not having that is just weird. It's weird. So you have to adjust. Well, enjoy the show. Thank you. like talk too much because it's been a long time since anyone's got to hear songs in a field with other people and that's what this is about but yeah just to say like it's been a hard year for all of us obviously the last two weeks of being in a room with these people getting to play music again reminding ourselves of why we we did this with our lives and why we obsess over it every second of every day why it's been so hard to have it taken away but it's so good to have it back and it just means the world so i hope you guys sing along to whatever you want to sing along to clap to whatever you want to like clap for the fucking time that we've lost together do whatever you feel like make 500 600 people sound like 10 heads and like go for it So just got back uh, to my gaff after the gig. I meant to record this uh, instant review right after, but myself and and Nile of Nile or Nine went for a pint, as you can actually do now. When you go to a gig, you can go for a drink outside after with your friend. <laughs> um, what an interesting experience. Um, you know, it was a little bit weird, obviously, because it's a trial it's it's an experiment and the distancing was pronounced but it was kind of lovely as well because it was quite definitely but also not intrusively marked out I thought Sirka Richardson was great I thought like James Vince McMorrow was was actually um kind of kind of immense in a weird way like I feel like it's such a huge weight to carry to do that show 
such a historic show, such a landmark show. And I think not only did he rise to the occasion, but it's clear, you know, the amount of work that this person put in um, to realise something that is uncharted territory from the set list to the performance to the arrangements to the band to his own vocal performance to his engagement with the crowd and his honesty and um, it, it, you know there were parts of it that were kind of really moving actually you know one of my biggest fears about this whole time is that the things that I love and enjoy when they come back that they're not going to feel fulfilling or that they're not going to land you know that you're not going to instantly have that rush of recognition and enjoyment and release and you know you're not necessarily going to get that straight away when you go to a show that the context is still fighting a pandemic and um, protecting people within that context but what you do get is the thing that occurs within an artist's transmission. And there were a couple of moments um, early on, actually, when he played Higher Love and also We Don't Eat, where I, I just got really emotional. And I'm really happy that that happened because I think we're all experiencing a flatness and that we're scared that when we go back and experience the things that used to be great or fun or that offer us enjoyment that we won't connect with them um i can safely say that 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 is not hopefully not going to happen it was so amazing to see like people in their pods who are clearly like couples or flatmates or whatever you know putting their arms around their shoulders and singing to the songs it was really moving and um I'm 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 not sure if I could identify another artist who could rise to the occasion with the intention that James Vincent McMorrow did. Um, I know his music inside out. I love all of his records, especially We Move. Actually, I think I, that's probably my favorite of his of his records. But I think Post Tropical is unreal as well. But there was a moment in the encore uh, when he was playing Cavalier. And he was pushing his voice so hard and he just like hit, hit a note or, or hit a hit a force in the note. And something inside me just like chiropractically moved, you know, like something fundamentally in me just like clicked in and I felt this wave of emotion. And you kind of just realise that is the transmission, you know, when an artist is putting out or feeling or in a flow of what they're doing and it's so true that you can feel that in yourself and I think that uh, you don't feel that unless there are other people there feeling it too and that's the kind of intangible thing that we talk about when we talk about live music and connection and things like that so that was kind of profound and when I was cycling up Camden Street to go to the lower deck for a drink afterwards, there were people sitting outside pubs and people meeting their friends and 
I don't know. There's something about what's happening right now that feels weirdly different um, and, a, and a throwback to a time that was stopped. So I think that as, as, an, as a trial, as an experiment, while it wasn't quote unquote normal, the whole thing was really interesting and really great. And I really, I mean, I just think you have to applaud um, both Circa Richardson and James McMorrow and all of their musicians and the crew and everyone who made the gig happen. Everyone from the concert hall um, who made it happen and and did it so well. All of the stewards, the people doing the concessions, like the coffee and the crepes and all this. There was no bar or anything, but all the security. Yeah, I think it's really good job well done and even though that massive release that massive freedom that where you could go wherever you want or bump into people or hug people or blah 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 isn't there the integrity of of the art and that transmission of live music when it's done by by a real artist um it 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 can still happen and you know what that's a relief for me (laughs) because I was scared that I would go to things and um they wouldn't land or they wouldn't connect you know I think that's a big fear that people have about all sorts of stuff so yeah it's happening things are changing and we are going to get back so many of the things that are actually really fundamental and important so that was essentially the first proper big live show with an audience back in Ireland. It's hopeful. It's hopeful. And it was a privilege to be there. Thank you so much. <laughs>